Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So, Shuey, NBL, let's whip through the games. One game in round 11 before we get into round 12, and that was New Zealand defeating Cairns by one. Yeah, this was a really weird one. I, I, great finish to a really ugly game by all accounts. I actually watched the end of this at the beach because it was the Monday that we took off for the Super Bowl. Right. And so, beautiful day, went down the beach with the kids. And, yeah, it was 55-35 at halftime, 48-29 second half by Cairns to sort of get back into this thing. Yanni Wetzel was absolutely unstoppable in this one. 23 points, 12 boards, four assists, and six steals. Wow, wow. So he was absolutely phenomenal. And again, get him involved in those pick and rolls and he's almost unstoppable. Yep. Um, Hugo Besson's struggles continue. He's not doing amazingly. Siva and Randall were a little bit unsettled as well. I think they were 13 of 45 at less than 29% between them. It was honestly the, the big reason for the comeback was just the energy from Majok Deng and Keanu Pinder. They just, they dragged this team back into this game. They were still down 12 with less than four minutes to go. And they still had a great look from Machado at the foul line to win this game. Mm. It was ridiculous. Keanu Pinder, great defender. Good to see Machado back, but Cairns will still struggle. They do. They struggle offensively against good defensive teams. Yeah. And New Zealand are not that right now. And it's, it was the battle of the cellar dwellers hmm. recently, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest, Chewie, I didn't see much of this either because I had the quiz that night. But that Kyron Galloway block. So he only had five points, five boards. He had three blocks for the game. That's the sort of stuff why I picked New Zealand in the finals because they're so long and athletic. One of the cleanest blocks you'll see, hey? It was, yeah. It was a, a beautiful drive in from Tajir McCall, drew the defense, drops it off to Keanu Pinder, and Galloway just came out of nowhere and erased this thing. It was, oh, it was magnificent. a thing of beauty. It sure was. But yes, as you said, not a particularly attractive game for most of it. And yeah, very much the cellar dwellers, two teams that we don't expect to be seeing much of come finals time. Outside of Galloway and Bark, they only had one minute 49 of bench play. So those wow. guys had 23.30 and 24.50 respectively. And then Davidson played in less than two minutes. Yeah, it's surprising that Sam Timmons isn't getting more of a run. He's been quite decent when he's got on the floor. But I guess, you know, when you've got Yanni Wetzel cooking like that, you maybe don't want to well, mess with it. yeah. And I guess they were going pretty well until Cairns came back too. So hmm. now next we had a very good game indeed. The margin was maybe a little bit bigger in the end. Maybe didn't reflect the closeness of the game. One of the games of the season, would you say? The throwdown. Melbourne oh. United beating South East Melbourne by seven. Yeah, maybe. Uh, certainly be top ten. We've had, we've top actually ten, been, yeah, not top five. We've been blessed with some very good games. We have. We have. It, it's, it's like one end or the other. You're either getting an absolute classic or you're getting a heap of shit. It's true. It's mm. true, actually. Yeah. This was a fun one. A oh. really fun game to watch, though. Absolute track meet to start. Oh, games. it was a joy to watch. Yeah. I, I would encourage people to go back and watch it if they haven't seen it. I guess we should start with the big point out of this one. So 30 points, nine rebounds, and three blocks from Joe Luala Chul. Is he the MVP right now? Well, it's very hard to argue, isn't it? Very hard to argue. He'd I, be top three. I would make the, the cause that he is the most unstoppable player in the league because no one can guard him. He's in, hard to defend. He's yeah. too tall for most guys. And if, if people are tall enough for him... He's quicker than them. Yep. And he can take you out. He can shoot the three. He had one of those Dirk Nowitzki one-foot step-back Oh, he likes those little fades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is just... I think he's been practicing. Yeah, he is absolutely turned into an all-round beast. And look, he had what I thought was maybe a block of the season candidate on Joe Chi. You think otherwise? Well, I thought thought Chi might have been fouled with the offhand. 
Chain was blocked twice, and I, I thought he might have been fouled on both with with the defender using the off. Agada was the other one. It's hard to tell because he's just such a big man. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, yeah, it, it looked good on one arm, but maybe the other arm. But yeah, I mean, nonetheless, we still had a very impressive block. Mm. And hey, they didn't call a foul, so the record book there, says it was a block. Yeah. But no, I, I think it's one of those ones where the league is maybe looking for a narrative, and I think JLA might fit that. So we've obviously had such a great run in Perth with Bryce Cotton winning most of them for the last, what seems like most of the last bloody 20. Last few, yeah. Even though he's only been here for a few years. But I think the narrative and the timing is almost spot on for someone from Melbourne taking it out. Well, there's a, I mean, I know neither of us or Cody picked him in the top four. I don't know what the hell we were thinking. Well, I do in some ways, but anyway. Uh, No one, nobody saw JLA making this. No, and, and well, he's one of the reasons. So he's made this step. So we saw Landau leave. We thought Melbourne might kind of be on that bubble, maybe not make the top four. But hey, if if he's the best player on a team that could finish top, then absolutely he'd be right up there. I'd, I'd say Jalen Adams is probably the one, one and one A. And then, I don't know, maybe Bryce in third place. But yeah, yeah. No, he's got a very strong chance. And anyone that bet him at 151, my God. Yeah, look, for me, it, yeah. As I said, no one would have seen this jump coming. It was a case of last season, he would take the three and you'd kind of hope that maybe he'd make a couple, but he would often take the wrong shot. Whereas this season, it's just... He's matured. Every shot he's taking is a good shot yeah. for the most part. Yeah. No, so, he's definitely he's definitely picking his moments a bit better. He's matured. He still is a reluctant passer, which I think is one of, him, one of the big knocks on his game. And... A lot of bigs can pass nowadays, so it is a good skill to have, especially if you want to make the NBA. But my goodness, I mean, he's improved in leaps and bounds. And as you say, he's very hard. So he takes a lot of shots, but he's very hard to defend. Mm. So he's going to keep launching. I'm a little bit worried, though. He did get into a bit of a spat with uh, with Vickerman over the weekend. And I believe that maybe, you know, he's he's looking for something, but he's not necessarily willing to play Right. Entirely under what, what the system is. Right. But well, I mean, as someone who's not a willing passer, that maybe he is a bit sense. selfish, but he wants to make the NBA. So uh, it's tricky. It is. is. It, yeah. It is. So I guess looking at why Melbourne are so unbeatable right now, it's pretty simple. Their defense is amazing. I mean, okay, they get away with a lot. They kind of hold and grab. Yeah, they do. They, they, they do. But they recover really, really quickly when they get beat off the dribble. If you know, there's a pick and roll and someone rolls hard to the rim. They've got guys helping. Their defensive schemes are phenomenal. Yes, they foul, but they do it within the limits of what the umpires will call. Well, so- they've got to call it. And and the guys, the role players, are, there's, they've got some defensive role players like Illy. So guys will come off the bench and they'll try and lock a guy down on the perimeter yeah. and stuff. Yeah, no, that, no. That's, that's absolutely one of the keys I had. He had eight points, eight assists and three steals in this game. Yep. They get no let off at all at the point guard position when Illy comes in. And Jack White's the other one who's taken a big step too. Yep. Huge step. So their two bigs are two of the best bigs in the competition. Well, Jack White looked like the perfect foil for Mitch Creek in that game. He has the size. He's got the quickness. He's probably more athletic than Creek. Creek's not a power forward. He's a small forward. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was was great. But, again, Melbourne smashed them on the boards, 47 to 34. Their ball movement was great, plus six in the assists. It is... Just like, and they did all of this with the Garda struggling. Yeah, it's really weird. They seem to just take different guys. Okay, obviously, 
JLA's been magnificent in most games, but different guys take nights off or have bad games, but other guys step up. Yep. So it might be Delhi one night or it's a garter another night. Golding, Golding's been a little bit up and down too. Yeah. So, but they do enough. They do enough and they play good D. I mean, it's kind of the Wildcats blueprint in a way. Play good D, get rebounds. And even if you're not firing offensively, you're still going to have a bloody good chance of winning. And going back to Goldie, I mean, he's been hitting shots at the right times. He might not be shooting a great percentage all the time. But he has that knack. But in this one, there was a big run that the Phoenix put on where they got up by eight. I think they went on something like a 21 nothing run. And they get up by eight and Goldie hits a three. And it was the exact same sort of, sort of three that he hit that started a run against the Wildcats. The Wildcats, yeah. Yep. And then even in this one, it was a one possession game at the end. And they find Goldie in the corner and he hits a three. So his timing is spot on. For Southeast Melbourne, though, I wanted to focus a little bit on, I guess, the, the situational awareness. A minute 12 left in this game. It's a two-point game. Oh, I know. And this is what I was saying at the top here. The score didn't belie that they just blew it. But Xavier Mumford and Brandon Ashley both on the bench. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, and Liafa made a, some pretty bad decisions. To, he actually had a pretty good game prior to the end, I thought. Well, but like, he's 5 of 16 from the field, though. Did he miss that many? He oh, missed okay. that many. Okay. He, 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 he maybe looked better because he took a lot of shots. Yeah, okay. That's, okay. that's more than anyone on the team took. Brokoff only took three shots in that game. Yeah, no, that's not it's, good enough. It's not right. No. And, you know, having Mumford back on that minutes restriction, 17 minutes, 54 he played. Fucking hate minutes restrictions. Yeah, I know. Yeah. If you can, if you're fit to play, you play. If you're not right to play, you don't play. Simple as that. I, I just, I don't like minutes restrictions. But yeah, seeing Mumford and Ashley on the bench when there's a minute twelve left, and you're looking at guys who maybe shouldn't quite be out there. It's uh, actually I can kind of understand as a bit of a foul machine, but yeah. No, nah, he was killing them in that game. Yeah, no, he, he. I mean, it was a great pickup, and I hate to be a broken record, but he's the exact player the Wildcats needed. Mm. Just a guy that will needed. play. Well, still need. need still need. <laughs> yeah. Plays defense, grabs rebounds, is athletic, but doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. Mm. Yeah. But look, great win to Melbourne United. They just continue to roll. And look, Southeast Melbourne played well. They played well. They would have beaten almost any other team in the league that night. Just well, unfortunately, they'll probably look at this like they looked at game three. Like, mm. we, we, we should have won this game. We could have, and we could maybe have, yeah. should have won this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the... The other great thing about this game, they raised a lot of money for prostate cancer. Um, How many dunks were there? Yeah, there were a lot. There were at least 10, I reckon. There were tons. Mm, that was good. JLA alone, I reckon, had four or five. Yeah. Joe Chi had a couple. Yeah, Jack White had a nice spin. Oh, yeah, he was lovely. Threw that down. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. And JLA had a baseline one as well. Yeah. Oh, that one where he just yeah, yeah. dropped the shoulder. And yeah. Just, oh. Good yeah, game. That was a good game. Yeah. The next one wasn't so great, though, was yeah, it? Yeah, well, like you said, up and down, up and down. Illawarra 79, defeat Cairns 54. Did you even watch No, I, I can't say that I did, to be honest. Yeah. Lucky, lucky boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I, I, I battled through this one. This was almost harder to watch than the Rookie Challenge game on, oh, wow. on the weekend. That's saying something. Pretty good first quarter from Cairns. It was, I think they had 21 or 23 in the first quarter. And then all just downhill, nine and eight in the third and fourth quarters. So a 17-point second half. Poor shot selection and too many turnovers. Do you know they had two points in the last five minutes 30 of the third quarter? In fact, they had two points across 11 minutes 47, bridging the third and fourth. Which must have inspired the Adam Ford quote, we're highlighting the same deficiencies in our offense and defense each week, so you're either not listening or you're an idiot. Harsh words. It's hard to know which one. <laughs> it's, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Illawarra was up 48 to 44 in this game with 3.37 left in the third quarter. 
and they go on a 31-10 run to close it out. Yeah. Well, Illawarra have got to win these games if they want to make the playoffs. They absolutely have to win these games. They do. They do. I did want to just quickly mention another really poor example of the league prioritising replays over live action. Oh, yeah. So Mirko Jeric hit a three, but they'd just come back from the second replay of a dunk from Antonius Cleveland, and the second replay just happens to be one from Slam Cam, which looks terrible in the NBA yeah, anyway. It's, not it's too small. Yeah. And the ball had already left Jerich's hand. In fact, it was pretty much right next to the rim. So you flash back and all you see is the ball going in. Yeah. Terrible. It is terrible. Terrible. Perfectly apt sort of uh, sort of play summed up the game for this game. Yeah. yeah. Now, and the website. <laughs> and the website. Well, I just when we were looking, so we'll talk about the third import in a moment. When I was trying to look at stats, so I could get stats on every team, but for whatever reason, it goes to the Jack Jumper website rather than the nbl.com.au website for all the teams and players. And they didn't have the minutes that guys are averaging. They don't have minutes in Tasmania. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Everything's calculated in days. So we did get a little bit of a run then on the Saturday of nice games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Southeast Melbourne 98 beats Brisbane 94 in the starter. I'm still so annoyed I missed the end of this because, yeah, I had to, I can't even remember why. We had to go out in the third quarter, fourth quarter. Yeah. I'm going to go back and watch the end of this. So this was actually the sixth game in 14 days for Southeast Melbourne. Yeah, right. That is a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. Yeah, okay. I did feel like I'd seen a bit of them, but didn't realise it was that much. Yeah, okay. So this is the Cam Glidden and Ryan Brokoff game, really. Well, I mean, a lot of people are just calling it the Cam Glidden game. Yes. Because oh, he, he, he went burko. Well, he hit, didn't he hit four in the first quarter? Yeah. Yeah. In two and just, a half minutes. Yeah, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Off the bench, that's right. It's that's nuts. Right. So they had 38 points between them, 10 of 13 from three. Cam Glidden's been shooting 33% from deep this season. Brockhoff's been shooting 22. So to get those numbers out of those guys is a very, very welcome sight for the Phoenix. Well, we know they're better than those averages. Oh, absolutely they are. Yeah. So it's only it's a matter of time. One thing that was really interesting, though, was that we actually finally got to see some decent inside-out basketball. So it's amazing how often from the start guys are just jacking up threes yep. without even thinking about it. And the ball was brought inside and you were seeing guys like Lamar Patterson getting the ball for Brisbane. Joe Chi was getting the ball down low for Mitch, Mitch Creek. Yep. Yeah, Franks was getting, as again, like all the big guys were, were getting the ball down low for their respective teams and then finally passing out and, and getting good wide open looks. So that was nice to see. Absolutely. I'm sick of these three-point shootouts. Well, we'll get to the all-star yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for Southeast Melbourne, again, contributions from the other guys. Chi and Ashley had two fouls very early on, and Dane Pinot and Tori Smith-Milner were huge. They came in. Their numbers probably won't look massive. I think they both had four points and maybe a handful of rebounds. But They did that next man up thing. They, yeah. they did. They and the played, guys ahead of you were in foul trouble. They played great, great defense. I mean, Dane Pinot. I've heard, uh, I believe, well, certainly a number of people, but the Pocket Podcast guys talk about him as being one of the best sort of on-ball, well, best screen defenders at least. Uh, oh, he's a handy player. Big, yeah. He's a handy player, definitely. Yep. Um, Chi was actually a non-factor in this one again, and, and it continues my thoughts of maybe he does need to go to the bench and have Ashley starting. Yeah, look, it's an option they have, and and maybe they need to look at it. I think Chi and Adam would be quite an interesting little tandem off the yeah, bench. Yeah, yeah, yep. I would like that. I think that would be quite good. Now, Liafa, we talked about him having five of 16 from the field in the previous game. He went the complete other way in this one. He didn't take his first shot in the first half until right on the buzzer, a 60-foot heave. So he pretty much went the entire first half without a shot. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that was interesting. Adam only having 10 minutes in the game was interesting as well, probably because Glidden was on fire. Yeah, true. But, uh, yeah, geez, Brisbane, they're, they're a frustrating team. Oh, I feel sorry for Brisbane fans they're because so they, yeah, they, they just don't, they probably don't live up to their, and okay, yeah, Sobey's been injured and stuff. But they, they don't they don't live up to their talent probably. They need to get used to that because Sobi, there's no timeline for him coming back. Yeah. So their their defense is so abysmal. It is just like it's infuriating. Well, Patterson's bad. not a great defender, and well, he's he's not. But there was so Sobey's probably their best defender. So they're missing one of their best, if not best defenders. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like they can't keep guys in front of them. There's no help defense at all. I, I saw one play. I'm sure it was a pick and roll and. Both the guys went to the guy at the top and the guys rolled to the basket and guys are just turned around and gone, oh, yeah. complete breakdown. There's, yeah. a, there's a layup. Yeah. Yep. Cool. <laughs> and, and in pick and rolls, yeah, they just, they keep getting lost. It's like their, their positioning's all out. It's, oh, it's horrible. So they're getting nothing defensively. Look, their offense was brilliant in this game. Um, they were 40% from three and that was out, up around the 50 mark for most of the game. They shot 55% from the field for the entire game, which is a great clip. But it's mostly Patterson and Franks. They're getting no help at all. Harrison and Drimmick kind of had little cameos, but there was just nothing else in this game from them. And we're at the stage now with Brisbane where there are no more moral victories. Well, put it this way. If you shoot 55% from the field and you lose, that's a major warning sign. Either the other team has shot 65% or you're playing shit defense. And that's what, what happened. It is very much the latter. Yeah. 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 It's look, they're five and nine after this one, one and six in their last seven games. As I said, for Brisbane, like they can look at it and go, well, we we played in Melbourne and we played one of the top teams in the league. We only lost by four. Tough shit. That doesn't matter. No, you can't. If you have that attitude, you're never making the playoffs. Yeah. You, there's no more moral victories for Brisbane. It's put up or shut up time. Absolutely. And I absolutely believe that they have done. Good times in Sydney, though. Yeah. 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 We'll see how they go on the road because they've played a lot at home. But it was a big win, and you can only do what the fixture says. Mm. So, huge win. Yeah, so Sydney 98 defeat Perth 95 in an absolute classic. I will just quickly mention that point that you, you did make. Sydney have played five games away from home so far this season. Yeah, well, it's like the flip of Perth, basically. Mm. Yeah. So, we'll, uh, we'll very, very soon, yeah, see. Well, they'll have a test. Yeah, we'll see. Have... We'll see. But I'll tell you what. I mean, their import trio is the best in the league. Yeah, yeah, I would so, say so. So there's, there's every reason to believe they'll make the playoffs, I think. Oh, I think so. I think they're at the point now where if they don't finish, I would say top three, really, they should be looking to push past certainly one of the Phoenix. I, I think the Wildcats, with the amount of home games coming up, away games in Tasmania, I mean, as well as Tassie have been playing, you would still expect... Without Magne. You'd still, yeah. yeah, you'd still expect Perth to win that one. But, yeah, you would. But, uh, yeah. but you wouldn't be surprised if they lost it either. No, ex- exactly right. So, yeah. But, yeah, that third, fourth, fifth spot, it's really – they're all up for grabs. Yep. Well, that's what we predicted. Not that anyone's wanting to grab fifth. But, no, well. But still. So, Jalen Adams, Shui, he – like I said, if, if JLA is an MVP, I think Adams is. He's very close. The first player with two 30-point games against the Wildcats – he had a 30 and 8 and 9, and then on the weekend, a 31, a 7 and 8, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. No one's done it against the Wildcats since 2002. Do you want to have a crack, trivia without notice? I saw who it was, and it's a guy that I barely remember. All right, I'll give you a clue. Brisbane. 
No, I, I mean, I know, I know it's. Oh, a, you knew it was. Brisbane. I know it's a Brisbane guy. I just Randy like, Rutherford. Randy Rutherford. I knew another it was, guard. I knew it was a guy who had yeah. who had alliteration in his name. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't, yeah, he was a cracking player. He was decent. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, they were a bloody good team. That was a little bit before their their championship. They had a good team in Brisbane when some of those Tigers guys went <laughs> they over. They did. Yeah. The the Ebby Arras of the yeah, world. Well, as well, yeah, Sam McKinnon, Mark Bradke, Leonard Copeland. I think was even on I'm that. Not going to pretend that Sam McKinnon was a Tigers player, but. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, I was, I was talking about Mel- how good Melbourne Brisbane was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was talking about how good Brisbane was. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I spoke last week about this whole Mitch Creek versus Xavier Cooks being the best matchup in the entire league, and we saw a nice little audition from Adams and Bryce Cotton this week. It was it was a fun one to watch. Well, Cotton loves playing the Kings. He loves playing in Sydney. So Adams was the perfect foil, wasn't he? Cotton did outscore him thirty three thirty one, but I think Adams probably had a slightly bigger impact on the game. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, they won too. What I love about Adams is there's not many bigger point guards who like to get to the rack and finish there the way that he does. He's not all just shooting threes. Now, Bryce Cotton's obviously a very outside-oriented guard. There's a lot of other ones out there. I mean, you've got, what, Josh Adams down in Tassie and, yeah, yeah. and, and Majet that, that like to shoot a lot of threes. Tyler Harvey likes well, to shoot a lot of threes. It's, it's where the league's heading. Absolutely yeah. it is. So to see someone like Adams, who is relentlessly attacking the rim, still can shoot the three. I mean, he had, what, an eight three-point game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll so, knock him down. Like, when he's hot, he can shoot Yeah, oh, he's not afraid to take him. But it is. It's fun to watch someone like that. He's an absolute beast. Yep. So, Stewie, as weird as it is, so I can't remember the exact details. The Wildcats were down, what, six, seven with maybe a minute and a half left? 96 to 89 it was. Okay. And then there was this comedy of errors of fouls and out of bounds and all sorts of weird and shit. And technical foul. Technical foul, which was there. It he was. He overstepped was. the line yeah. by a big way. Yeah. I actually do remember a game way back in the day, the Wildcats, where Aaron Traher has stepped over the line intentionally to, to try and get the ball back after foul shots. And the commentator didn't know what was going on. He's like, oh, Aaron Traher, what are you doing? Oh, you've had a brain explosion. And the he was the play-by-play guy. And the special comments guy had to go, ah, actually, that was a tactical decision. He did the right thing. And so, it was this awkward. So he was the Dwayne Russell then. <laughs> I wish I could remember who it was and when it was. But it wasn't Peter Ensel on Channel 10. But hmm. yeah, yeah. The John Gardner John days. Gardner, yeah, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't have been him though. Nah. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. No, and, and so somehow... The Wildcats actually kind of choked this away. Absolutely. Though. And like to be down by seven with that little time left, millimeters of time, some NFL <laughs> people would say. <laughs> if people are listening to our basketball only segment, this is going to make no sense. Yes. But, but anyway, I, I just, yeah, I came away feeling like the Wildcats choked, which is such a bizarre thing. Whoever feeling. lost that game was going to feel like they choked. Good point. This, this is Good the thing. Good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, obviously, it just comes down to shot selection. And Look, the Wildcats had a pretty decent clip from three, I guess. 17 of 45, 38%. It's it's above league average. I had a nice little conversation with Scott Morrison on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. on Twitter about this. because He's written a few little Twitter back and forth. I was, look, I, and apologies to Scott. I was a little bit uh, a bit angry about... Hey, that's Costco Mo too. Costco Mo, yes. Yeah, Coach Scott I, I was a little bit angry about the, the loss and I, I reached out to him and I was like, 17 of 45. And he's like, what's your point? It's, you know, and he, he did. He made some great points. Credit it's, to him for pushing back. He did. It was yeah. it was a better percentage than league average. It was better points per shot than all but one offense in the league, which I think is great. I just didn't want guys falling in love with it, especially Vic Law. He is in a real slump. Yeah. One of seven from three. The only one he made, he got fouled on. Well, and that potential game winner that he took. It was terrible. The Wildcats were down one and he took a three. And, and it wasn't even a good three. 
It was, it was terrible. It was a terrible shot selection. What annoyed me the most about that was with Cook's closeout, he actually, because everyone's obviously expecting that Bryce Cotton's going to take the shot. Brooks, and he could have. Cooks was kind of hedging towards him. And when he when he's sort of made the closeout on Law, Law actually had an angle to go around The handoff. Him. Oh, yeah. No, okay. He, yeah, could, he yeah. could have gone around him left, got to the mid-range, got to the hoop, whatever it Yeah, take it to the rack, draw a foul. You're only down one. Yeah, get a better shot. It was disappointing. So, yeah, I think the percentages won't be like that every game. We're I think we're shooting about 32% from the season. So it's it's maybe, yeah, it's not a great example because they did shoot at a decent percentage, but... But Cotton and Law aren't always coexisting well together, are they? I mentioned last week or the week before that it's like the Dwayne Wade, LeBron take turns Mm. kind of Miami early days. Yeah. It's actually a little bit reminiscent of when Bryce came into the team and it kind of affected Casey Prather. Yep. History's repeating itself a little bit here. I, I would have thought by now the chemistry would be a bit better. Mm. So that's it's a concern, I think. It's not just Michael Frazier that's the concern. Well, we do have to talk about him because he is a big concern right we now. We sure do. Two points, zero of three from the field, four rebounds in about 20 minutes. I said it in our preseason preview with the Pocket Podcast guys. He is redundant once Blanchfield is back. Yep. And for me, my simple question is, where the fuck is Plumley? Well, well, before we go there, I think he's kind of stealing Travis's minutes now. Okay, they're not the same type of player, obviously, but mm. it's not. That's not always how rotations work. You know, it's it's guys will shift a position or whatever. I think some of the minutes going towards Frazier should be going to Travers. And then, as I say, you juggle around the rest of the I guys. Think all of the minutes going to Frazier should be going to different players well, right now. Maybe. I just, I don't maybe. think he's not the right fit. He doesn't play defense at a high enough level for me. He's not doing, he's not doing what we were promised that he would do. How's this? Did Coscomo Doc Rivers him in the press conference? I didn't see that. So someone asked him about Frazier's struggles. And rather than defending him, Coscomo basically said, well, you'll have to ask him that. Oh, okay. That's a bit reminiscent of Doc Rivers in the NBA playoffs. I mean, it it would be good to ask him. I I don't have a problem with that. Well, I don't know. I think a coach should defend their players no matter what, but yeah. I mean, it's been half a season or more and we're still getting this sort of play out of him consistently. Yeah, I just think it's time to make a move. And we'll we'll talk in a quick minute about the third imports because it is a... It's a it's a big problem in the league for a lot of teams. Yep. No, we, we have had a bit of a crunch on that one. We have. So we'll quickly rattle through parts of Sunday because, as I said, we didn't really see much of it. Yeah, so Adelaide and Cairns. Speaking of the Twitter wars, Jerome Randall is pushing really hard to come back to Adelaide. They obviously, they fired, or Jeff Van Groningen's left uh, the GM spot there Good. in the last day or so. It's a sack of shit. Yeah, <laughs> ask Andrew Canyon. Speaking ask of the anyone, podcast. He's a sack of shit, seriously. He loves sticking the boot in. Yeah. But... Jerome Randall, like, so someone called him a cancer on Twitter and he pushed back. And so there's this dialogue between an Adelaide, I assume an Adelaide fan, and Jerome Randall back and forth on Twitter. It's worth a look, hey. They they uh, could do a lot worse than him right now. Well, yeah, I don't know. They need a big, don't get me wrong, they need a big. Plus, he's a bit of a stat pad. Like, I don't know. Is he as effective as his numbers? They need someone who can score the ball. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they could do with some scoring punch. They really could. This one was a, again, it was a shocking start from Adelaide. They were down 11 1. I think it might have been 13 1 at one stage, 23 to 9 at quarter time. And then Cairns did what they do. They Shut the bed. forgot how to play basketball. Yeah, yep. 24 points in the middle two quarters combined. We got a Mitch McCarran sighting, which was good. <laughs> I've seen some uh, Twitter 
stuff about him as mm. well of like people sticking the boot in. Yeah. So 14 points, seven boards, five assists and six steals for him. He was sort of back to the sort of play you would expect, but do it against the top team. That's my question. Can you do it? Yeah. Probably not. But uh, yeah, look, it was, this was the early Sunday morning game. I was at swimming. I'm not chasing this game up. Adelaide need a third import. They need a big, but Randall would be an option, I guess, if you're going to get someone of that quality. Yep. And I was still in bed because I was up till about 4am the night before. So yeah, bugger this one. Yeah, pretty much. And then the next one, I saw a bit of United and New Zealand, but like it was 38 points when I switched it off. I'm like, nah, there's other things. So I watched the dunk comp instead, as I mentioned at the top. But yeah, another just textbook game from United. I'll summarise this pretty quickly. Melbourne slapped the piss out of New yeah, Zealand. basically. Simple as that. Now, a couple of things I did notice though. Wetzel, five shots. Delaney, six shots. Galloway, six shots. Can't have Galloway having the same or more shots as your two most important players. Well, one of whom is the starting centre. Yeah. Delaney, Delaney is a big reason why New Zealand aren't as good this year. Yep. I expected him to take the next step. I thought he was potentially a fringe NBA guy. Mm, he's regressed. Massively. Oh, big, like, I, I don't know what it is. Like the Pocket Podcast guys today mentioned maybe Besson is affecting him. Like maybe they're not big fans of one another. Yeah, maybe. But it's, it's a shame. It's not I'm good. a big Finn fan. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not good. They, they need to get home. <laughs> yeah, just, it's sad. Just forfeit the rest of the season and go home. I heard a really interesting thing. Oh, what was it? One of the NBL podcasts. I think it was Matt McQuaid. Oh, Body. Might have been Body. Body Nodge. He was saying that whoever it was, was saying that maybe next season, if every team volunteered one of their home games to New Zealand, mm. so New Zealand played maybe two-thirds of their games at home next season. Yeah. I think that would be a nice gesture. Hard for the clubs that struggle financially and need all True. those gate sales, but it would be a nice gesture if they could manage it. I don't yeah, know if the be. league could kick in or... I mean, it would only cost... And this is the thing. It would only cost each team a couple of... Well, one game, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I think that would be really nice. It would because one of them made the good point. I mean, they could have folded. Yeah. Two full seasons. I mean... Yeah. We've got to protect them. I so, think it's time to give back. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. is. It is. And then we saw the boil over of the round to finish things off. Tasmania 96 defeating Illawarra 86. Now, I did see this full game. It was another good one. It was a good one. Yeah. Would you say win of the season for Tassie, loss of the season for Illawarra? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Oh, well, Tassie beat Melbourne. It's hard to top, yeah, that's it's hard to top that. That's maybe true. the second best win of the season for Tassie. But, yeah, it was huge. Mm. It was huge. And Illawarra keep losing at home. You can't keep losing at home. Yeah, well, that's it. You can't rely on winning a lot of games away late. I dare ask, Stewie, did we see the beginnings of this late last season where you just didn't realise? Illawarra should have beaten Perth in the semis. Yeah. And oh. they won game one and then lost game two at home. Like, yeah, maybe, I... maybe the cracks have been around longer than we thought. I mean, I picked them to win the championship this season. I thought on paper they look amazing. Put it this way, I think... I'm starting to hear murmurs from a few other sources around the world that are sort of starting to see maybe that Tyler Harvey isn't all he's cracked up to be and maybe he is causing a lot of the problems. Well, I think I said it last week, and if I, I can't remember if I said it on the recording or just in general chat. If he was any other player and he didn't have the pedigree and the runs on the board to mix metaphors from another sport, he would be on an even hotter seat now. He's, he's living off reputation. 
well, three or four teams. Well, the reputation's not great. Well, right? reputation from previous. Yeah. I mean, he nearly won the MVP last season. He did. But three or 14 from the field here. So this was a sub-30 percentage again. Two of 10 from three. I do. I feel like a broken record every week. And you picked it early, man. Full credit to you. And it's the same thing. It's these. It's anything that's off balance or step back, he needs to take out of his game. The only shots that are good for him are floaters and feet set threes. And I say it every single fucking week, and it's driving me nuts that he's not figured this out and that nobody in Illawarra has said, dude. Well, maybe they have. But it's, yeah, anyway. it's the Hubie Brown high percentage shots. Get high percentage yeah. shots. Yeah. 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 And as a result, if you look at the three-point line, that is the difference in the game. Illawarra, four of 22. Jessup was 0 of 5 as well, so that didn't exactly help. So two of 15 between them. And then the flip side is that Tasmania, 22 of 42 at 52%. Thank you for opening the door. I've got some stats on this by NBL Facts. So Josh Adams had eight three-points alone. Illawarra only had four total. The first time in a 40-minute game, a player has made at least eight threes and doubled their opponents. And the 22 threes was the most ever against a Gorgian coach team. By the way, Gorgian coach teams, it was 32 years and six months since he'd lost to a team from Tassie. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Back when he coached the Spectres in 1989 against the Devils. Yeah, it's insane. It isn't is, it? isn't it? It is. But a lot of this just comes down to a really simple thing. The perimeter defense from Illawarra to start this game was atrocious. Yep. You're giving Sam McDaniel, Clint Steindl. He played bloody. They both played well, quite well. well. I mean, yeah. Sam McDaniel, McDaniel was, was perfect, uh, yeah. basically, yeah. to start the game off. Yep. Steindl, you give him one or two and he's going to run through you. And obviously, yeah, then Adams went ballistic and Majette was hitting them as well. So you're giving these guys open looks. There was one in particular that I saw in overtime that they were highlighting where Majette's basically dribbling the ball outside and it was Tim Conrad. Didn't even have a hand up. And he's like, this is a guy who consistently... He loves shooting threes. He loves them from the yeah, logo. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so all of a sudden, you're giving them wide open looks early. And what happens, guys get confident. Some of the stuff that Adams was hitting in that fourth quarter, he was doing like the James Harden double step. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. He was just, on fire. just shooting them over, over guys' hands right in their face. Like it just, it was amazing. And Adams was huge late. He turned back every run that the Hawks made. And the Hawks did make some good runs. Oh, it was a good game to watch. Yeah, yeah. It was a good game. So, yeah, this, this is one where you look at Tassie and you say that's that's a real galvanizing win. Mate, Tassie almost outgorged Gorge. Well, they did. Like, they cut like they meant it. They played good, honest defense. They took good shots. Okay, yeah, okay, Adams, when he's, when he's on a heat check, maybe. But, that, but like, but that, they, that they is, played that, good. That's a good shot, though. If he's, if on, he's fire, on fire, yeah. That's a good shot. They played good, yeah. disciplined ball. And that's sometimes that's enough because if the opposition is playing undisciplined ball, it can be that margin for error that you need to get over the line. And that's what Tassie will do the rest of the season. Scott Roth, and I tweeted this the other day, and look, it's not a revelation. A lot of people are going to say it and have said it. Scott Roth, it's just about his Coach of the Year award to lose. I, I, I'm with Pete Hawley on this one. I think it's Vickerman's to lose at the moment. Roth has been amazing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, okay. what, what, but Vickerman, everyone had Melbourne Yeah, yeah, United yeah. No, okay, interesting. And, and top, so look, it's going to be a, a dogfight between those two, and it, it will depend on things. I think... Defending champions, expansion team. Lost, it's going to be interesting. Lost Jock Landau, lost yeah, Lando Barber. Yeah, yeah, lost, you know, how many guys yeah, did yeah, yeah, Scotty yeah. Hobson? So. Yeah, and they had some injuries at the start yeah, of the season. I, I think you could... Scotty Hobson wasn't spectacular. He wasn't, but, but, he, but yeah, he, was, yeah. he, he played decent in the finals against Perth. But there was... Paul's, i got to say, speaking of Peter Hawley, his call in that game 
He was magnificent. Oh, respect. Well, he, he, he was, that was MVP call of the season. When Gorge had two successful challenges in the space of about four minutes in the, at the beginning of the game. Oh, that was brilliant. Who's your legend? I have to say this because, like, everyone talks about Liam Santamaria. And let me say, Liam is phenomenal, sensational at, at what he does. Yep. Peter Hooley does sometimes get forgotten about. And this guy is exceptional at what he does. Well, I was reflecting on the Pocket Podcast guys were talking about their dream commentary team. Yep. For me, in studio, Hulls, Santa Maria, Gazy. Yep. Oh, you don't need a play-by-play. They can all play-by-play. That's fine. And then Heal as the courtside guy. <sighs> because, because he gives really good insights in-game. He sees stuff that other people don't see. But he also gives good halftime reports, I feel, and good back and forth at halftime. So it's, that's that's it's, my... It's not Heal. I, as much as you're going to probably hate me for saying this, I'm trying to find room for homicide. Yeah, no, I don't hate. No, I'm, no, I, I've warmed to homicide yeah, over the years. I, yeah, it was the anti-Perth stuff. But yeah. like, I, I, have, I know, I actually quite like. I, yeah. I, yeah, no, I like homicide. Yeah, would, yeah, it would be hard to get rid of one. <laughs> I don't know who you get rid of. Yeah, well, that's that's why you got two. Yeah, but just yeah, quickly going back to Illawarra for a second. Again, broken record stuff. Antonius Cleveland, ill-advised hands foul on Matt Kenyon, thirty feet away from the basket, and he fouls out a couple of minutes later. It's that sort of discipline that is costing him. And that is why Justin Simon was maybe slightly better defensively because... Well, I'd keep Cleveland. Rath and Mays is the problem. Yeah. Apparently, he came in touted as this great defender. I haven't seen it. Nah. No. I haven't seen it. And again, the bench. It's the same thing. Rathan Mays, Conrad getting 20-odd minutes a game. And you had Harry Froling, three minutes, 18. Emmett Nah, one minute, 49. Yeah, well, Emmett Nah's kind of that's the... It. That's the... the uh, that's the standard. Hot topic amongst NBL media. Just, like, what the fuck? Why isn't Emmett now playing? Get him out. Get well, him the, out only, the only way he will get minutes is for the Boomers. Yep. Well, yeah. But how's he going to... Yeah. Well, well, Gorge isn't coaching that one because it's below. True. Yeah. And then if you look at even just the way that they they just continually don't make adjustments, Tasmania started four guards in this game with Jared Bairstow. Well, with Magna out, yeah. They started... They kind of have to. Four guards. And Bairstow gave him some good minutes too. But everything should have been inside in this game. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You've got to attack the paint. Yeah, Do not yeah, Reith, yeah, yeah. Sam Froling. And Reith like, played well, but 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 he still should have been targeted. Absolutely. Dominated yeah. this one. They yeah. made no adjustments. They've won three of their last seven games. All of them have been against Cairns. And they're five and five at home. And two of them, the two of those three games against Cairns were at home. Yeah. I honestly I think Gorge has lost this team. Well, they're in trouble. They are in massive trouble. They are. Now Crazy, crazy stat again from NBL Facts. They are a sensational follow on Twitter. 2022 Tassie Jack Jumpers after 14 games are seven and seven. 2020, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix after 14 games were seven and seven. 2015, Melbourne United, seven and seven after crazy. 14. Crazy. 2008, the Gold Coast Blaze, seven and seven. Now I saw Nick Tan on the uh, on the old Twitter saying, What about the Brisbane Bullets? They rejoined the league in 2016-17, and after 14 games, they were seven and seven. It's nuts. Yeah, it is, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, United, eh, they expansion. Eh, they still have Tigers jerseys hanging in the rafters. Wow. But like, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's an it's amazing. No, it really is amazing. All right, now let's let's quickly run through these third imports. We will have to be quick, jeez, because they are they're a problem. Now. I've sort of gone through and compiled a list of just the third imports. You've one-upped me in every single stat, basically, for all of the imports here. Well, part of the reason that was, Shui, is because, okay, some teams don't even have three imports. Yeah, this is very true. But in some ways, like, who is the third import? 
So for Sydney, for example, okay, Ian Clark's only played one game. You could make a, a decent argument that Jarrell Martin has now gone down to third import for oh, Sydney, I, which I, shows again how strong they are. I think by the end of the season he will be, yeah. So yeah, so I felt like I had to look at all the imports, mm. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty simple for a lot of them. So well, I'll go in reverse order. So McCall McIntosh for Tassie, he would be the third import. Six points a game, 3.6 rebounds, less than one assist in 16 minutes. It's no real secret that a lot of people are sort of questioning how impactful he's been. Certainly hasn't really done that much. He's had a couple of big games, but... For he's the, he's yeah. kind of one of those guys that if he was an Aussie, you'd call him a handy role player. Yes. But he's an import. When you're paying that money. And unfortunately, we don't know what guys are being paid. And, and as I kind of alluded to the other week, maybe the third guys are getting paid a bit less. Hmm. But with Magne out, I'm surprised his minutes haven't gone up more, to be honest, as yeah. well. So, yeah, yeah. Now, Sydney, look, we're not going to really talk much about Ian Clark. But aside from the fact that he's brilliant, he will be, I think, put it this way, based on the game he had against Perth, I think he'll be fine. Brandon Ashley for Southeast Melbourne, 9.3 points, 5.8 boards in 17 minutes. I think he's playing... He's played nine games now, so we have a yeah. decent sample. I think he's playing the exact role that Southeast Melbourne need from him. He attacks the glass. He rebounds fairly well. He blocks shots. He blocks shots. Yep. He dunks. I'm a big fan of Ashley. I think he's a, he's a good fit. Frazier for Perth, 8.1 points, 6.2 boards, 2.6 assists in 25 minutes a game. We've already spoken about it. I think... He is a lost cause. He is taking minutes away from key players within our rotation. Yep, definitely. I would be fine with him being pushed off, even if he's not replaced. I, don't, I just don't think there's any need for it. I'd rather have that spot open. So he's taking nine shots a game. The Wildcats imports are taking 43 shots a game. Mm. It's the bulk of the offense. Not always for good measure either. So, yeah. Yeah, not, not great. So that 35% is uh, a tedious. Yeah, I mean... Cotton 42, Law 46. So they're, they're yeah, pretty good. But, but, yeah. but if Cotton's shooting 42% and making a bunch of threes a game, that's fine. But if, I mean, most of Frazier's stuff is in the mid-range and it's, it's just not working. Two turnovers a game for him too. Yeah, that's costly. Now, Chas and Randall, we'll give him a little bit of a pass because he's only played three games. Uh, Melbourne don't even have a second import, let alone a third. Yeah, I know, which again, why I had to look at everyone. Yeah. yeah. And then we've kind of got the two really tricky one. So Xavier Rathan Mays, we've spoken about 10.2 points, four boards, 3.8 assists. Two and a half turnovers on 10 shots. It's it's up and down. It's very up and down with him. So it's it's just, yeah, I, I must admit, I think if they could have got rid of him and got back Simon, that would have been great. His, almost his best, his best work is four rebounds and nearly four assists. That's nearly his best, mm. which is a worry. Yeah, it is. Less than a steal a game. Yeah, he, he's not performing. And the real, the one that annoys me, Stephen Zimmerman. The stats for this guy: eleven point one points and nine point eight boards a game. It sounds solid. Yeah, well, it's a double, Mister Double Double. He is absolutely an eye test guy. Though. Yeah, yeah. He, like there was honestly, he got falconed the other day. I think I can't remember who it was. Someone knocked the ball out of his hand and basically slapped it straight onto his face and out of bounds. It just that sums him up. He has missed so many bunnies. I'll be honest, Kansas has been the team, and look, it's partly because they've played the fewest games, but it's the team I've seen the least. So I can't comment a hell of a lot on him, but... Scott Machado has played three games so far. Yeah, yeah. His numbers should be at least five points a game higher. He should be averaging probably 16 and 11. 
And I just, honestly, the amount of shots he missed, there was one hook shot he took from about three feet out against Adelaide that nearly broke the backboard. He, threw, he, <laughs> he seriously, he threw this thing so hard. I, I'm, I'm amazed it didn't shatter the backboard. Uh, just honestly, I, he is one of the most uncoordinated looking dudes I've ever seen come into the league. Yeah, he's the whole reason I did this list, basically. Brisbane, Isaiah Moss, four and a half points, one rebound, less than less than half an assist a game. Yeah, he's only played six games, but he's getting to that point now where the games are piling up. I mean, I, I'm a bit like Woody from Throwback Hoops. I do like the look of him, but got to start performing. But the minutes, the minutes are a problem. Well, yeah, that's he can't control that. Yeah. Well, 14 and a half minutes a game. With no Sobe. He, he, should, he yeah. should be 25. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's certainly an issue. Um, and then, look, I've kind of thrown K Soto into the mix, even though he's a next star. Uh, 7.7 points, four and a half rebounds, and about half an assist in 15 minutes. I'm impressed with what I'm oh, seeing. I like what I, yeah. I, I, like I, I really am. And yeah. again, like the start of the season, no one really knew what to make of him. Is he this gimmick? I was hopeful. Yeah. So, so was I. And the highlight packages were great, but mm. we didn't, we thought, oh, okay, the competition. No, I, look, I'm very hopeful for him. and Considering he, he's 18. And considering their injury troubles, we didn't even mention Humphrey's injury last week. There'll be time for him in Adelaide. Mm. There will be time for him. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Keep yeah. getting minutes. Keep making the most of those opportunities. I'd love to see it. So I guess, yeah, the whole reason that we wanted to talk about this is that when you think back to previous trios, I just I don't remember there being a season where there have been so many third imports where you just look at it and go, trash 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 like there's just i just love to know the money because again if they're being paid kind of aussie role player money then they're only going to produce aussie role player minutes mm. and and numbers so yeah yeah but no you're right it's not a spectacular third import class again does COVID have anything to do with that i don't know maybe what are the odds that the Wildcats sack Frazier and then he goes over to Melbourne and fucking plays a Udai Barber defensive role for them, you know? Be about right. Oh, it? it would be typical. It would be typical. But no, look, disappointing all up. As I think half the teams could very, very easily get rid of their third import and no one would bat an eyelid. Well, we're pretty much at the halfway point. So we might revisit this again at the end, end of the season and see how things have changed. Again, some blokes have been injured, haven't played a hell of a lot. So we'll see. Well, we could easily sum up the entire NBA All-Star Weekend by just making a poo sound, but because it wasn't great. No, I prefer not to. It wasn't great, was it? No. Anyone that's listened to us long enough knows that I'm not into exhibition games. And I look, when I was a kid, I loved it. But now it's a fucking waste of time and I'd rather watch an NBL game, mm. which was a great theory until I switched on Melbourne and New Zealand. Yeah, and then I was yeah. like, I don't want to watch anything. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Look, just a quick bridge between NBL and NBA. We've got to talk very quickly about Josh Giddy. Yes. Three straight triple-doubles leading into All-Star Weekend. Joins Oscar Robertson as the only rookies to ever do that. One of those was in New York. This was a classic from him. 27 points, 10 boards, 12 assists. He and Julius Randle both had them. First time a Nick and an opponent had them in the same game. Since the 24th of March, 1981, Larry Bird and Michael Ray Richardson. Ah. And he became the all-time Thunder rookie rebound leader for, a, for that season, passing Russell Westbrook, doing so before the All-Star break. Mm. So there you go. First teenager with three straight triple-doubles. Yes. So I've looked at his numbers. Since November, he's increased his points per game by six, his assists by two, and his effective field goal percentage by 10. 
All right, so let's let's rattle through this All-Star weekend as quickly as we can. Ugh, so yep. first up on Friday night, we had the Celebrity Challenge. I reckon I'd heard of three people in that game. Well, Miles Garrett, what a beast, hey? Yeah, Miles Garrett. He looked like an NFL player out <laughs> yeah, there. That's... Huge block and huge dunk too. Yes. Yeah. And I have to, have to point out, I don't count Booby Gibson or Anderson Varejao as celebrities. They're NBA players. Well, they're just there to lift the standard yeah. a, little, a little bit, aren't they? I think it was Machine Gun Kelly, Tiffany Haddish, and Miles Garrett were the only three I'd heard of. You, I don't even... I, I only know Machine Gun Kelly because he's been going out with other celebrities there and stuff. I, yeah, yeah, but I saw a lowlights package of all his misses. Oh, that's good. Yeah, not good. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, even, even I can't watch that. Right? Oh, even as a kid, I wouldn't have watched this shit. Nah. What a fucking waste of time. Now... The, the Rising Stars had a very new concept. I just wanted to quickly run through this. So four seven-player teams compete in a mini tournament of three games, each played to a target score. 12 NBA rookies, 12 sophomores, and four players from the G League. NBA players selected by assistant coaches, Ignite players by G League head coaches, and teams coached by a member of the 75th team. So you had Rick Barry, James Worthy, Isaiah Thomas, and Gary Payton. And coaches select their team from a draft. Race to 75 format, first to 50 in the semis, first to 25 in the final. What are your thoughts? I, I didn't hate it. it. I thought it was, it meant that you got a few more young guys out there, but also they'd play more minutes because there won't be guys rotting on a bench if there's only two teams. Yeah. So, oh, uh, yeah, I didn't mind it. Yeah, I like that. I, I agree. Conceptually. No, look, great exposure for, yeah, yeah. For, for the Ignite players. The draft aspect was kind of fun as well. I love the fact that the NBA at 75 guys were there. Yep. Yeah. And it was a great weekend for that. That was probably the highlight of the whole weekend was the 75th anniversary celebrations, yeah. yeah. But it was an absolute slog. Oh, yeah. I watched I watched a little bit. But, I mean, I, you only need to see the highlight package of these games. Yeah. They're not good games to watch. My, my thought is, if you're going for that NBA at 75 thing, why wouldn't you play to 50 in the final? Well, it, it, it's weird that the final wouldn't go higher, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. If they're the two best teams, theoretically. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're bang on there, definitely. Clay Thompson said they should play to 77, but uh, <laughs> I, I did a little bit of uh, bit of hard work. And, and yeah, I know. Got, Jeez, that's a slog. Got some stats for you because oh, this was that bad. They're not good. Game one, 73 combined shots. Three of them were not three-pointers, layups, or dunks. Three. Yep. And one of those three technically didn't count because it was a, a game winner that he got fouled on. So Desmond Bain went and hit some free throws. So they didn't even count as an official shot. So really, it was 71 of the 73 official shots. Mm. So not great. Slightly better in game two, 83 shots with 10 of them not being threes, layups or dunks. And a really nice game winner from Jay Sean Tate. Has to be said. Mm, yeah, yeah, that NBL bridge. Yeah, definitely. And then in the final, 41 shots, five of them not threes, layups or dunks. Yeah, so I saw the end of the final. That's what I saw. Yeah. Oh, look, again, I mean, it's... Okay, it's great if you're a kid and you love dunks and flashy passes and stuff. But, I mean, as a spectacle, as a purist, it's trash. It's, it's fucking trash. Utter trash. Yeah. I have an idea, though. Get rid of the three-point line. Yeah, I reckon the that, Paul Pierce defense. Eh? I honestly reckon that that fixes so much because guys aren't going to be worried about taking those shots if they count the same as a mid-range. You might actually see some offense getting run. Okay, it's going to be a dunk comp for the first two-thirds of it, but if you're stopping guys pulling up and taking off-balance threes or running to the line instead of running the lanes... Yeah, yeah. well, it's an interesting idea. That's the only thing I can think of. Oh, like I said, Paul Pierce was saying it when he was still playing that they should have it in the NBA. Proper. 
which is interesting because he made so many of them. Well, he's a bit of a mid-range guy, but yeah. yeah. He hit a lot of threes. Oh, yeah, he had range. A lot of threes in his career. So, yeah, that wasn't great, but I got through it. I got through it. Well, yeah, that's hard work. And I recovered just in time to watch the Clutch Challenge, which was actually in the middle of it. So, Uh, Um, So this one was also a bit silly. Teams of two shoot from five different spots on the floor to depict an NBA playoff moment. Magic Johnson's baby hook against Boston, Barkley's stare-down jump shot from the top of the key against the Spurs, Ray Allen's final corner three against the Spurs. Yeah, not good if you're a Spurs fan. Jesus. Reggie Miller's push-off three against Chicago and Damian Lillard's walk-off three from the logo against OKC. Interesting concept. Good excuse to play the video footage. But not much. But guys didn't have to take a hook shot. They didn't have to make the three a step back the way that Ray Allen's was. They didn't have to. It wasn't like horse. Didn't have to do the side dribble the way that that Damian Lillard did. Yeah. So for me. The, yeah, the concept is great, but the way that it was kind of executed just didn't look that great. And you had Scotty Barnes and Tyrese Maxey missing all six of their shots from the Magic Johnson spot, which is like six feet out. Yeah. So a lot of missed bunnies. It, like, I understand you want to have a shooting comp, that's fine. But, you know, just play a package and just put the spots down. You don't have to have them necessarily correlating to this particular play. It, yeah, it was. It was pretty ghastly. I think every shot should be a hook shot, sky hook. Well, every single shot. I might watch then. Speaking of might watch then, yeah, not watch. Yeah, more likely the yeah. dunk comp. I think the less said about this, the better. I think Obi Toppin was the only one in that comp who had any kind of creativity. Like being an awesome in-game dunker does not make you a great competition dunker. No, clearly not. Put simply, clearly not. And, and blokes are just having far too many attempts. Yep. So this is the greatest tweet. I think you might have the same thing as me. Oh, okay. Yep, you've got it. So at Keith Smith NBA, Jalen Green's NFT was for the nine fucking times he tried his dunk attempt. <laughs> and I actually saw the first comment after that was, wow, Keith Smith's wearing? He must be pissed off or something yeah. to that effect. So yeah, wearing the NFT around his neck and then didn't even dunk with it on. Mm-hmm. Gave it off to in Isaiah ca- in or Casey Broker. One yeah. of the and sorry, by the way, Dominic Wilkins. Why the fuck are you giving tens to shit pedestrian shit? Yeah, you are the greatest dunker of all to one of, if not greatest. Don't bloody enable them. Disappointed. So, so I've got a stat for you. Actually, you mentioned the nine attempts that Jalen Green took. The dunkers were seven of twenty-five in the uh, first that round. That one too, yeah. Seven of twenty-five. Yep. 28%. But for me, I think the best tweet goes to Nico Ramos at Nico RMS. The 2022 NBA slam dunk attempt contest. <laughs> I like Sarah Spain's tweet where she basically, I haven't quoted it, but she basically said Giannis will have to delete 48 minutes off his phone of missed dunk attempts because <laughs> all these guys are filming. Yeah. And they showed Shaq in the crowd looking very nonplussed. Yeah. Yeah. And there, yeah. there were so many people saying like, I'm so mad at the league for what they did to Aaron Gordon. He was robbed twice, mm. twice. Those I've got to say, there's some revisionist history going on with those Levine Gordon competitions, though, because there are a lot of misses in those competitions too. Like the final highlights look good, mm. uh, amazing. Actually, like Gordon's just spectacular. The hoverboard one, the mascot. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, the height that he got. Oh, they're just so good, so good. But there were more misses than people remember in that comp. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but it was. I mean, it was head and shoulders. A George Murasan head and shoulders above Oof. this. Yeah. It's very high. Yeah. More than millimeters. Three point shootout was. 
Again, if you didn't listen to the top of the show, you won't understand you what won't the hell I'm talking about. What is Stu laughing? Uh, Three-point shootout was a bit of fun. Since basically, what, the last 20 years, or maybe a bit less, in the last 15 years, this has been basically the only part of All-Star Weekend that I look forward to. And I'm happy if we jag a good dunk comp, but I don't expect one. Mm. Yeah. Like, Surprise winner. Yeah, very. For everyone yeah. but Robbie at Throwback Hoops. Yeah, shout out Robbie. Well, uh, well yeah, picked. Great pick. So Cat, the first centre to win. And so nice that just given the troubles and hardships that he's gone through, and they allowed him to wear some jewelry that was yeah, from his mum or something. It was yeah, a necklace that they don't ordinarily let them wear. I think that goes back to the days of Jordan Dunk Comp in oh, yeah, go- the gold chain. Golden State in like 1985, I want to say, where he had that gold chain. Yeah, yeah they, they got rid of it yeah. not long after that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, it was, it, I think it's enjoyable because people aren't trying to come up with new ways to shoot. It's just, it, it, they've just sort of tinkered with the rules. They've added that three-point ball to go with the rack of money balls. So it skews history a little bit in terms of the numbers. But Yeah, I, I don't love this. The money balls are enough. I, I, don't, I don't mind it. But, but I like the competition. And it's, it's yeah, as I say, it's the one thing that I actually look forward to and enjoy watching. And, and let's face it, the game has become a bloody three-point shootout. Yeah, it has. Which would you prefer? Watching Steph Curry shoot threes ad nauseum without being defended or a competition that actually has a bit of stake and a bit of pressure. I'll take the three-point shootout any day of the week rather than yeah. 16 of 27. Thank well, you very much. It. And it's kind of funny, actually, Nate, because of all the shots that he hit, the one non-three-pointer, I think, was the most impressive the shot that he hit. only non-three-pointer he took in the whole game, wasn't it? No, I think he took three, maybe. Oh, okay, but, okay. But, I mean, even so. I only saw the highlights. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. But, yeah, he takes this crazy one-legged floater that he put, I reckon, 20 feet off the floor. Tyler Harvey would be proud. He would be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing that's crazy about this, okay, yeah, Steph was on fire. No problems with that. His 27 three-pointers is more shots than any other player took total. Yep. It's, yeah. I'm just not interested. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you hit 16 threes, but half of them you had nobody within six feet. Yeah, that's just, you That's know. why you're not going to do that in a game. Yeah. Because you've got guys defending you. Yeah, first. like any, any, any all-star game stats are just, I mean, yeah, what credence do you put in them? None. Like no, maybe no. back when Jordan played and they were a bit more competitive, yeah. but not in the last 20 years. It's look, it's a great game to watch the highlights of for maybe four minutes. Yeah, watch that. Yeah, exactly. Like, watch ja, the highlights. Ja Morant had a couple of really nice dunks. Yep. LeBron had a couple of nice dunks. So did Giannis. So did Joel Embiid. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Save yourself two and a half hours. Watch just over two and a half minutes of highlights instead. Yeah. yeah. Look, it's cool that LeBron hit the game winner with it being in Cleveland. And I say game winner, we're, they were already up a point, you know, that whole. Elam ending thing. We're not going to touch that right now. No, we're, That's we're for another seems episode. Seems to be the only people that aren't big fans. Of That's it. for another yep. episode. But uh, now, nah, look, I'm glad All Star Weekend's over and we can get back to the normal basketball now. Quite frankly, yes, indeed. Now, a couple of other things quickly because we are well and truly over time. Yeah, we both have tons of notes. We're going to have to push to next we week. We will. But I think the big stuff, Chris Paul, huge fractured right thumb out for six to eight weeks. The playoffs start in seven. Yep. He still played two minutes in the All-Star game. Yeah, that's bizarre. How pissed are you if you're a Phoenix fan right now? Well, all I can think is that the doctor said he couldn't get any more injured. But, geez, your digits, man. Thumbs. You don't want to get any hurt. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah that's odd. I will say this. So he could get on the box, basically. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> Look, they're six and a half games ahead of second place in the West right now, are the Phoenix Suns. They have the 25th hardest strength of schedule left. So they've got a pretty good run coming Yeah, up. yep. 
and only Memphis and Portland in the West have an easier schedule coming up. And only Memphis out of those two teams is even close, like remotely close. So it's... I I hope it doesn't derail their season because they've played superbly well and they deserve the accolades they get. So, and I know, look, I was sceptical about them last season, but I hope he comes good for playoff time. Hopefully Denver will be a bit more stronger come playoff time. It does. I'm a little bit worried about the, the pressure that it maybe puts on the likes of Cameron Payne and Alfred Payton. In a lesser extent, Devin Booker as well. But this is why your bank wins early. Yes, because, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. And you, Payne played some really good playoff games last season. He, he did. So, so, and I mean, Chris Paul missed full playoff games last season. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's very capable. But so, yeah. Thankfully, as I say, they've got those wins on the board and. They're kind of good to go. I really look forward to the playoffs. And yeah. I, I might have got a bit excited about Brooklyn now that Ben's in a better situation. I think there's a very good chance it could be another rematch of Milwaukee and Phoenix. But I think it'll be exciting playoffs. Speaking of Brooklyn, and potentially also somebody that Phoenix could have used, yes, they've signed Goran Dragic off the waivers. Yes, huge. So that is a certainly a big pickup. Possibly a little bit of Kyrie Irving insurance in the interim. Ironically, apparently the New York law might be changed soon. So it's, but hey, you can never have too many good veteran guards come playoff time. No, exactly. And speaking of Brooklyn, how crazy was their comeback against New York last week? Oh man, Stephen A. Smith went off. So he should. Yeah. Down 28 in the second quarter with no, no KD, no Kyrie, no Simmons, no uh, Nick Claxton. Like, New York are finding new ways to lose every night now. I, I, Cody, I really feel for no, you, man. mate. It'd be tough to be a New York fan Yeah, right now, really. Randall's turned to shit again. No, I'm not, that, not, that's not 100% true. But no, Randall's 90, not as good. It's about 99% yeah. true, though. He is not great. Speaking of Stephen A. Smith, there's almost an embargo on, on him in our house because often my girlfriend will fall asleep next to me while I watch sport. That's when I get my sport in, often. And, like, it's like, oh, so what are you going to watch? Uh, it's like... Oh, I could watch this or I could watch this. She's like, as long as it's not talking heads with that guy, because <laughs> he's too loud and he keeps her awake. And one tiny little thing which I saw on Brooklyn, which is kind of cool, they could start Kyrie, Simmons, and Griffin, all number one draft picks, and Durant and Aldridge, both number two picks, the highest drafted starting five in NBA yeah, history. I saw that too, two of which were born in Melbourne. Yes. Yep. The other three not born in Melbourne. True. <laughs> Just quietly saw a bit of college ball over the weekend. March Madness is upon us. It's very close. Saw a bit of Auburn, one of the very highly touted teams. Saw a few other teams that could cause some noise in the tournament. Oh, licking my lips. Seems like the March Madness kind of got to Juwan Howard, though. Oh, yeah. Lost his head. Yeah. Throw- we did a bit of a Matt Hodson. Yeah, throw- well, well, it ended up Hod- as a- Hodson didn't throw punches. Well, so- it ended up as an open hand. I think he connected with an open hand, but he started with a closed fist. Mm. Yeah, not good. So he's been basically... Suspended for the, quote, rest of the season. Five games. Five games, yeah. yeah until the tournament. <laughs> Which is probably fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, probably. You don't really want that. Yeah. But- yeah. Thanks for listening to this Sport Bloke segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sportblokes.